Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, what's up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And we got a pretty light week this week because there's kind of a bunch like right on the horizon. Some stuff we're not allowed to talk about. So we're, you're going to get a lot next week when we do talk about that stuff. But, you know, we still have some some interesting announcements and stuff. Uh, Polestar got a facelift. Twitter nuked third-party apps. And now two of my favorite apps of all time are dead. And it's making me really sad. And uh, there's also some layoffs and things in the tech world that we can talk about. But first, we should recap this past week of a bunch of Apple products that came out that we did actually get to review and use. Because last time we talked about these, it was before we were allowed to reveal that we had them and that we were reviewing them. Now the reviews are out. So there's the M2 Mac Pro, sorry, M2 Mac, M2 Pro. <laughs> Great naming. So there the, we go. <laughs> Some things never change. Yeah, yeah, this is evergreen. So M2 Pro and M2 Max MacBook Pro, those are really, the more I think about them. Really tough names. Yeah, Mac and Max should never have been yeah. approved. Max, how did Mac. no one say that out loud? That's remote. M1 Max Mac. You know but. how we've been doing alliterations for the ending of a lot of videos? The name itself is M2 Max Mac. Yeah. That's that's a lot, right? Anyway, we reviewed them, <laughs> and also the M2 and M2 Pro Mac Mini. I found the laptops, the M2 Pro and M2 Max laptops, to be excellent to be an appropriately small bump up from the M1 Pro and M1 Max, um, which is not a surprise if you have those laptops. There's no need to upgrade every year. Those are great laptops, but you did get the improved uh, efficiency. You did get a little bit more battery life. You did get HDMI 2.1. You did get a few more cores, so like better laptop. No shocking surprises there. Great. I am much more interested in and happy with the Mac Mini because that gives me like a new default Mac to recommend. It's $599 for the mm-hmm. M2 Mac Mini. And you can use whatever display you want. And if you don't need a laptop, that's actually the one you should get. And then if you need more, then you can build up from there. So that's kind of how I reviewed them. They are both up live on the channel now. Any other thoughts on these Macs? Yeah. Um, this just came out this morning, but the 14-inch uh, base model has a slower SSD this time because it oh, used classic. to be four NAND chips and now it's two. We saw this last year um, with the, I guess last year, yeah. We saw this last year with the M2 MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. It had slower storage mm-hmm. speed because they use less chips, so you can't do sequential writing and reading. Right. Um, so now it's down to read scores of around 3,000 megabytes per second. I was going to say. And write scores of about 3,000 megabytes per second compared to the almost 5,000 reads and 4,000 writes last year. Um Substantial downgrade, but 3,000 is still very good. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So Three gigs I, a second is still a lot. Of I hear, I see through. headlines like this, and I'm like, all right, it's slower, and the benchmarks are going to go find it, and it's going to be a headline, but will anyone actually using them uh, need to make a different buying decision because of it? Like, is it actually a huge difference to, like, a problematic difference? Like, it's annoying if you're moving a lot of data and you yeah. get, you know, two gigs less a second. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. But if you're working with, world. working with a lot of big files, you may notice. Are you also, is that person buying the base version? I don't well, know. Yeah. But it, it still should be that. I was getting, like, 6,000, I remember, doing my testing. Yeah, it's only on the 512 gigabyte so model. Just so the base. it's yeah. only that, the base 14-inch? Yeah. I guess if you only have 512 of storage, like... 
if you're mad <laughs> that you're not getting another two two gig write speed, you don't have a lot of storage to do anything with that anyways. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're moving storage off of the main computer and onto an SSD, though, then the write speed's slower. Yeah, yeah. I, which you'll do more. True. Yeah, maybe it needs it more. Yeah. So it's annoying, but it makes sense. Um, I think it, it's it probably saves Apple money to just use higher tiered yep. uh, storage chips instead of more smaller chips. That's so. exactly what it is. We yeah. we may touch on this topic a little bit in an upcoming video. But that's a story for another day. We'll get to that video when we get to it. Um, so the Macs are out. I think I think they're pretty good. My hot take is they're <laughs> cool. pretty yeah. good. Hot so excited. Spicy take. Super spicy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we can talk about we can talk about uh, Mac Pro whenever it comes out because that's that's the last step of this. Actually, How long have you been saying that for? Well, also, <laughs> iMac is like still weirdly just chilling and on M1. Yeah, I don't think they see a point. And just pushing it to M2. Yeah. Unless there's a pro, I, I don't... I could see I them waiting till M3, honestly. Because of how good the Mac Mini is, there's no reason to buy an iMac. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, stores that buy iMacs. Like, there's this tiny, like, wine shop across the way from me that has an M1 iMac. Because it's convenient? Yeah, just because as an all-in-one Because they computer. could buy a Mac Mini and a $300 monitor yeah, and save money. But then they have a cable. Exactly, yeah. I think there are a lot of people out there who, like... They just I know need a desktop computer. Exactly. Plugging in a monitor sounds so easy for all of us. But yeah. like if I were to buy a, a computer for somebody that I know I'm the dedicated tech person for, I'd ra- I would least amount of cables possible. <laughs> One yeah. cable and fewest an iMac. Variables. Yeah, fewest variables. But that's that where person's I would got go. a white bezel. I mean, I'm sure that person <laughs> agreed. That person probably doesn't care about M2, the, but yeah. yeah. The wine shop owner does not care. <laughs> She's just yeah. trying to sell wine. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care. Fair. Yeah. All right, well, it'll set it. It'll set that. We'll wait for the Mac Pro. All right, Polestar 2024 facelift. I like some of these uh, these modern EV facelifts we're seeing. Every time I do an autofocus video on a new modern EV, it's my favorite thing to pay attention to, like how they what what that company thinks an EV should look like, and they all kind of have ended up with this minimal face with uh, bar lights and sort of modern LED light patterns, especially when you turn on and off the car, things like that. That's become very common. Uh, and so I like to see, you know, how they how they think about this type I, of thing. I would say a lot of cars are going this way in general. Like you're seeing, we were just talking about the Kia Nero before and how like there have been some out there because they have the hybrid version and there is the EV version, but like Kia's been going that route also. They're, they've been trying to update their whole model like yeah. to get away from the old Kia and it be the new awesome Kia that I think a lot of people like. Um, this looks great, though. I, too. This. I don't know how I feel about hot. getting rid of the... They had, like, a meshed grill before, and now they're just swapping to basically, like, it just kind of looks like a little, like, laser LiDAR system. I do prefer the... I do prefer the old grill. Yeah. But... I don't mind this new one to color match. It kind of reminds me of the Mustang Mach-E, yeah. where you can either get the GT with the color matching or mm-hmm. the regular one, which is just black. Mm-hmm. But the the old Polestar grill is better than just like a black, shiny plastic. It was kind of nice. I like yeah. this. I think I would like this one better if that LiDAR sensor wasn't like right in the middle. Like a nose. Of the, yeah, like I wish it was in that little gap underneath and then blends in with it because yeah, it looks like then it would look gap. really nice. Yeah, um, strange. But just having this little dot on the front of the car is a little weird. Yeah. But yeah. Other than that, I think this looks really Is it good. even a LiDAR sensor? Whatever it is, yeah. camera it's sensor. It's a hole for a camera or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the it is a spec bump, kind of like the new laptops. So <laughs> it's got 300 miles of range on a single motor version. It's a slightly larger battery capacity, too, mm-hmm. to get that 300 miles. It can charge at 205 kilowatts, which is higher than the previous 155 kilowatts. So that's good. Um, the dual motor doesn't get a bigger battery, but you do get better performance. Uh, 299 horsepower and 361 pound-feet of torque versus the slightly no- lower numbers of before. So the rear-wheel drive can do 0 to 60 in 5.9 seconds, which was is kind of quick. It was 7 seconds before, yeah. which is, I mean, that's a big difference. It's a pretty big difference. Once you get under 5 and a half seconds, you start to get to, like, sporty sports car territory. It's, like, decently quick. Yeah. Um, and there's also now a rear-wheel drive version, so that was new. We didn't have a rear-wheel drive version before. It's just the all-wheel drive Polestar. So I like it. Yeah. Um, I think price tag is going to be all of the killer like the most important thing about this and my uh i'm not i don't even think this is a hot take either but like polestar is in my top four favorite evs period yeah on the planet do you think it gets much of a uh price bump or difference because this like feels like a 
this is the new thing that I think is really interesting in EVs is Tesla's been around the longest, so we see it in that. I don't know if everything else will do it, but are we going to get the 2023 Polestar or are we just going to get the Polestar 2 updated, new like Polestar Gen 2. 2 where it doesn't really say it? And I think because it's a small facelift, it can be kind of like the M2 MacBook Pro, fall into the same price tag, but just be yeah. a little bit better than last time. I wouldn't be surprised if this falls into same price tag. Yeah, yeah. They, they added wireless chargers and driver awareness features as standard now as well. Something that was annoying with the Polestar is that it started at a pretty good price, but their add-on packages all costed a lot of money, and there ah. were features that were standard in a lot of other EVs. Right. Especially that was frustrating. Premium. Yeah, and it was like $6,000 to add like wireless chargers and the driver assistance stuff. Oh, yeah. So okay. you're actually saving quite a bit of money now that they're like, bundling that stuff in which is good yeah yeah i like it i'm into the pull start my top evs as far as like overall package usability are tesla model s right above porsche taycan right above rivian r1t and then Polestar. as far as ones i've tried i really think hyundai and kia are going to like i still think they're they're really good so well but the materials and the the overall like yeah. build of the Polestar is is better. Really, than what's good. the price yeah. tag on a Polestar? It's like starting at fifty. Those are around uh, yeah, upper forties, fifties, easily. A lot of them are in the fifties. Yeah. Uh, so it feels like it. Like the Ionic is nice, but it it isn't built as well. It's surely like downgraded from that, but it's uh, yeah. What yeah. is it? It's far cheaper. Polestar yeah. starts at forty eight four hundred. Forty eight. Yeah. 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 Also, they just feel sportier than the numbers. I don't know what it is about the the way it drives. It feels like a Model Y type of drive. I do have to is, say, is good. The thing I don't love about the Polestar Two is it's like really close to like it feels like it's the crossover between a sedan and a crossover. Like it feels a little bigger than a sedan, but not quite a crossover. So I'm really really excited for the Polestar SUV, mm-hmm. which all the I don't know if they're official renders or like officially what the car looks like yet, but it looks fantastic. Like this, but actually in an SUV version, I think looks way better because this still has that weird, like chunky back end that like kind of looks like it should be. I don't know. Storage, like like a hatchbacky type thing. Yeah. Yeah. My only concern is the SUV going to have like the same battery and everything because then it's going to get less range. It will get. Yeah. So that's a question. It probably will also have to have upgraded tech because there's some... Is this rumor still 2023 Polestar? I've got a CNET article that's saying 500 plus horsepower, 300 mile range. That would imply much improved. I mean, maybe batteries. They, maybe they this battery that they're getting ready for the Polestar three is what they're adding into this facelift Polestar two, and hmm. that's why it's getting better battery. Or is it just because it's now they're doing a single motor and you just get better efficiency out of that? But that's like it's a pretty significant battery bump, right? I think In there's a bunch terms of, of range. It's not way bigger, but it moves it like. 30 more miles or it was what like two was it 240 before um i think it was above 250 oh okay it was one of very few that it might just be real real then it's 82 kilowatt hours versus 78 so like okay slightly more not massive but percentage wise it's fairly decent it sounds like an accumulation of a bunch of small factors like a slightly bigger battery is one slightly more efficient motors is another slightly you know the facelift is probably better for aerodynamics honestly like a bunch of little things added together equals 30 more miles of range cool uh faster charging i think is actually more important but yeah i'll take it yeah, yeah. i'll take it also did you last thing on this did you ha- feel when you drove the polestar the range was ac- like very accurate when you were driving it Ooh, that's a good question usually i mean this was very early in my testing so i don't remember as well um i do remember on paper it being one of the only ones with 250 plus like a lot of the ones we saw coming out were mm-hmm. like oh we'll have 220 we'll have 240 yeah. but i don't remember exactly how accurate it was good good the rest of the experience was great good drive good software like good space good materials and build and everything and i like the way it looks so i hope it is accurate. i guess my question being is like i always like that number 300 mm-hmm. but i when tesla was the only one over there i was always like well 320 is like 300 so mm-hmm. this at 300 is like is this a really accurate 300 or are you going to get under there and this is yeah being super picky but 300 gotta, seems to be that great number i would like to test it for autofocus yeah the rivian when i fully charge it to 100 percent, says 303 on the dash and i have full confidence when i leave the driveway i can drive 300 miles okay i'm not the same amount of confidence with, that. with a tesla so we'll see what this where this ends okay. up being on the spectrum one thing i've been thinking about do you think that this is like are we getting too used to a car being tech where every update we're expecting bigger things because this seems pretty iterative 
I like I like this. So this is one of the things that uh, Tesla does that a lot of, a lot of other companies don't do, which is obviously there's a bunch of paradigms that they don't do, but having a new model year every single year in a mature category mm-hmm. ends up feeling like kind of pointless. Yeah, like it's getting to that point in smartphones where we get a new model year. Boom, Galaxy yeah. S twenty three. Okay, let me compare versus last year. Is it worth an upgrade? Not really that important, right? right. I think it's, if it's slowly improving over time, then, yeah, it's like a piece of tech. Like, it'll always get a little better, a little better, a little better. And sure, that means that there's going to be some facelifts that are bigger bumps than others. Every few years, yeah. And you kind of want to make sure you don't miss one of those and buy right before one of those. But I like I like the version of a car that's slowly always improving over time instead of waiting, 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 new model year. Waiting, yeah. waiting, waiting, new model year. Just Just sell people the best car you can make, and if it gets better a little bit, month to month then i'm happy yeah i think there are like two kind of like ideas towards this you've got the like pc companies for example the razor blade it's always razor blade 2022 razor blade 2023 they're never like you know the brand new razor blade it's like they just say the model number because the the year number because it's pretty much the same thing and they have iterative upgrades but until until they like make a massive refresh they're not going to make a big deal about it and I think that generally makes sense. And then you can just introduce like a new category at some point. Car, yeah. Cars in general generally do like a four to five year like generational upgrade where it's like the 2020 uh, Hyundai Chevy, Elantra. Yeah, Hyundai Elantra <laughs> 2021. Yeah. And then it's like at 2025, it's like big, big facelift. Yeah. Like, mm. d- like more distinguishable between the two, not the like little tiny, like right now between yeah. my Forester and last year's Forester, like be very the similar. headlight, there's this like little yeah. tiny difference in yeah. some of the trim. But does that work for EVs when it's like a tech thing, basically? I think it does. Okay. I think it does. I mean, like, I think so. If you look at Tesla, they kind of they kind of have generations. Like if you look at Model S, we have Plaid now because we call it like kind of the drivetrain mm. is the way we name it. But the previous one was the Raven Model S. And before that, there was just kind of like the new refreshed nose cone. And then before that was kind of just like 75D or whatever we just call sort of a couple generations. Uh, so I think, yeah, it's just like some of the pieces that improve will be bigger than others. If you just do a nose cone and better efficiency in the motors and you get 10% more range, you just kind of do it yeah. and tell people about it. And it's a slightly improved car, but it's not a new version of the car. Uh- I think you could make arguments both ways on like the Tesla version. You might not have to wait a whole year to get an update, mm-hmm. but the like legacy car manufacturer version is like you get to see what the spec bump is going to be come the new year and you know when the new one's version. So when it's September and you're like, I'm going to go buy a Model S, you're not like, that's true. Oh, I can wait because I know these couple new features are going to be in the next it's- one versus like, I'm going to buy it. And then the the minute I sit down and sit in it, I it has, see everybody else is getting something new. It has bit me before, yeah. yeah. So with the, with the more traditional model, it becomes way more obvious when there's a good time to buy yeah. and a bad time to buy. Mm-hmm. A bad time to buy is right when they're about to do a new generation. And you kind of know when they're about to do a new yeah. generation. With the Tesla, yeah, I waited until dual motor P100D came out and I said, ah, that's a good time to buy. And then I bought. And then one week after delivery, they said, here's the new autopilot hardware all cars will get. Sorry, your car doesn't have it. Yeah. So, yeah, there are definitely upsides and downsides. I will say as, like, tech heads, it's really fun to have things that are completely different. Like, I think the Nexus line was, like, a good example of that because it was manufactured by a different company every, every single year. year. Mm-hmm. So every year that. you had no idea what it was going to it's look gonna like. Is it going to be Is it going to be Motorola? Yeah. Who's it going to be? And it was, a diff- it was a different manufacturer almost every year. Like, they repeated a couple of times, but it always looked super different and super unique. And that was super fun because you just had no clue. It was also less mature back yeah, then. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think that that is kind of what it comes down to is like the maturity of the category like the macbook pro like the whole reason that they didn't maybe put the face id in the in the cameras is because they're gonna let that mature a little bit and then a few years down the line they'll make a bigger upgrade that makes maybe makes it look slightly different yeah they just um, want to see marquez and sandals yeah, yeah they saw yeah. that <laughs> they saw that clip and they were like take it out this is it take yeah. the face id out yeah i mean we all got upset that like 
the 13 inch used the same chassis as the previous touch bar 13 inch, which I agree. It's annoying, especially since you, I think we assume that because you changed the chip, you should be changing the whole chassis. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do that. <clears throat> it's kind of weird that they didn't do it on the second generation too. I was assuming that they would, and I don't know why they released an M2 version of that, but maybe they should have a lot of chassis left, but supply chain. Yeah. Either way, I, I think like really big upgrades are fun, but they don't always make sense to the manufacturer. Yeah. So. If you were running uh, a car company, would you yeah. would you save all of the tech upgrades over time and watch other manufacturers pull away and make better cars until you can do a big generational update? Or would you think it makes more sense to just, hey, if we can improve the car tomorrow, let's do it? It's also risk assessment, right? Like yeah. if you've got the Prius and the Prius is selling like just steadily over the years, Don't making a huge change to it is pretty risky because even yeah. if you think, oh, this looks really cool, maybe the people that would normally buy the Prius because they like the way the Prius looks are mm. not going to buy it anymore. I, I would say something's coming, charge a price for it, and then every time it doesn't come, increase the price so people <laughs> think it's coming sooner, pay more money, and then just pretty much never release that thing. And then declare bankruptcy. <laughs> you that have, has not happened. <laughs> you, could have a, you could have a future buying a car company. <laughs> um, wait, I want to correct one thing really quickly. I think we mentioned... So the Polestar 2, there is a single motor version and it gets 270 miles. So we're okay. looking at like a 30, 30 mile update. Yeah, like David said, but there was a single motor version. But it was front in the wheel? previous one. Yeah, yes, front wheel. So the new one's rear, rear wheel. wheel drive okay. option. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not Interesting. Bad. All right. Well, we got to take a quick break. We got a lot more to talk about after that. But before we jump into the break, you know what time it is. Trivia time. Trivia time. <laughs> It'll be louder in post. Okay. <laughs> so I gotta get amped. Play that <laughs> thing louder. Uh, yeah. What about the like metal rock music <laughs> that used to play? Oh wait, okay. where is that? I have that here somewhere. You do. Well, that was like a light show. Welcome oh. to the Waveform Trivia Podcast. I can't wait till one of these quasars just explodes behind us. I feel like we've had so many. Chaotic- Would that get you more amped? <laughs> That, it did, honestly. Uh, we were feeling a little low-key here. Yeah. 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 We've like, had a lot of like really chaotic, high-energy episodes recently, so I feel like the lack of a like, busy news week is like, okay. It's a nice little calm before the storm. Yeah. Chad yeah. GPT wrote this whole episode. <laughs> Next week will be chaotic. All right, again. trivia. So we've been talking a lot about Apple recently with the MacBooks and everything coming out, the HomePod. So I did a bit of Googling and came up with a question. On average, how long does it take an apple tree to produce an apple? If you plant it from the seed, <laughs> how long does it take an apple tree to produce an apple? Genetically Assume. modified or? Nope. Organic. All natural, All baby. All natural. Yeah, free range. <laughs> free range <laughs> apple tree. Grass fed. <laughs> I know nothing about this. <laughs> this uh, is a tech tree? Yeah, this is not a tech question. <laughs> it's tech adjacent. Somebody's going to know the answer. Sure. In the meantime, be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's Coda, C-O-D-A, dot io slash wave to get started for free coda.io forward slash wave all right we're back um we're gonna talk a little bit about some stuff in the microsoft layoff world but also that is related 
very intensely to OpenAI and ChatGPT. And I wanted to bring this back with a ChatGPT query that I saw this morning that said, mm-hmm. compose a message announcing a 7% reduction in headcount while also promoting executives to new titles and also include a quote from Martin Luther King. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. Um, says, I might have to cut this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. It says, Dear team, I'm writing to inform you that we will be implementing a 7% reduction in headcount across the company. This decision was not made lightly, but is necessary in order to ensure the long-term success of our organization. At the same time, I am pleased to announce the promotion of several executives to new titles within the company. These individuals have demonstrated exceptional leadership and dedication, and we are confident that they will continue to make valuable contributions to our team. I understand that this news may be difficult for some of you, but as Martin Luther King Jr. said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at moments of, at times of challenge and controversy. Let us all strive to rise to this challenge and continue to work together towards our shared goals. Oh Sincerely, your name. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty rough. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, the reason we brought that up yeah. uh, was because Microsoft did a big layoff if you guys have probably heard that every single company every tech, mm-hmm. tech company yeah. every big tech company is doing like between a five to ten percent layoff in the last like week or two and it's it's actually kind of weird how they're all doing like seven percent like they're all doing seven percent and also close together like it's like the yeah. quarter of layoffs basically yeah it's like they're it feels like they're doing it just because everyone else is doing it um but Basically, we found out a couple days ago where all those Microsoft layoffs went, and it was really heavy in their AR and mixed reality divisions. Mm. They cut the entire team behind Altspace VR, which they had acquired in 2017, and they also cut the team behind the mixed reality toolkit framework. Um, So it seems like they're kind of... my, My interpretation of what's been going on is that because Meta did their whole Meta transition in 2020... And mm-hmm. the like, the economy was not falling apart yet at that point. Everyone started pumping just a ton of money into metaverse stuff yeah. because they didn't want to miss the wave if Meta was right. But we're at the point where they're hemorrh- they've been hemorrhaging so much money now that they're like, "Oh God, we're spending so much money, we have to cut back." Mm-hmm. And so they're cutting back on the metaverse stuff because it hasn't paid any dividends yet, and it doesn't look like it's going to pay any dividends anytime, anytime soon. soon. Yeah, and also like Microsoft did that huge announcement with Meta when Meta announced the Oculus Quest Pro, but Microsoft doesn't have to do a lot of work for that. That's a that's better for Meta than it is for Microsoft to add all those Office apps to Oculus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, there's... seems like everyone's kind of freaking out about Metaverse and backing yeah. out. I just keep seeing the same, like, basic structure of a story every time I hear about these layoffs, which is... They hired a ton in 2020. Growth was phenomenal during the pandemic. And then they've realized that they shouldn't have hired that many people and they had to stop. Yeah. And then they got rid of a lot of those people that they hired. Yeah. So that story happened again. I, I also keep, we're going to talk about AI because obviously the chat GPT and the open AI investment Microsoft made. And yeah. that's like kind and of, they did actually make it. the investment because last time we were talking, it was rumored. Right. And now it's official that they're making a multi beer, multi beer, multi year, <laughs> yeah. multi-billion dollar investment. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that they're moving all of their money away from metaverse stuff and into AI stuff because AI is clearly, clearly going to start paying insane dividends very soon. Yeah. Whereas anything metaverse related is like 10 years down the line and they can't deal with that yet. Like they just can't expend that much. Yeah. I saw a story recently of like chat GPT, like, like passing an exam, like a college professor gave chat GPT an exam and it got like a B minus or something, which is kind of funny, but I actually, I really appreciated one take from a professor. I think the question, this is probably an NPR article. Someone's already heard because I heard it this morning, but the, the interviewer was like, are you concerned about students like cheating on exams now that they have chat GPT? Like it's going to happen, right? They're going to ask it for an essay and they're going to give you essays written by chat GPT. And the professor was like, not only am I not worried about them using chat GPT, I actually encourage and in some, some instances require them to use chat GPT for their work because human nature didn't change with the advent of AI. Cheaters are going to cheat. 
So I might as well embrace the fact that this new tool is available and it's available to everyone. And so we might as well get good at actually taking the things that ChatGPT mm. spits out and turning it into a useful thing. And that's actually what I'm going to grade you on, how well you can turn that into something useful. And I thought that was really solid because that's what real people are going to do. And you do have to go through what it says and like fact check stuff and make yeah. sure stuff is right if you don't want to get caught for cheating. Yeah, but that's... At that point, you're probably learning the information exactly. potentially better than <laughs> I like. Think that's like, why he's saying that, yeah. right? I did a bunch of online mm. courses, of courses that I already failed in college, and I wound up one not wanting to fail, so that helped a little bit. But like in my, you know, uh, advanced research, <laughs> right around test time, I seem to remember those things better because I was like good at searching the internet and finding mm -hmm. stuff rather than listening to a teacher drone for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's just like a I I I fully see ChatGPT specifically as a tool to use. And I don't there's no way that I like I write video scripts. There's no way I'm going to input a prompt into no. ChatGPT, take that and say it on camera as if it's me. But what I am actually doing more now is using it to help brainstorm things, whether it's an alliteration at the end of a video or a couple extra points to back up something we've been researching already. I hit the mic, sorry. <laughs> that That's that's a, a useful tool to figure out a way to bolster these things. And I think regular people are going to do that anyway. So I, whoever that professor was that said that, I'm fully on board. I back you with that. Get good at using these tools because that's going to be valuable in real life. But also, you're not going to be able to, if you're in class, you're not going to be able to like use ChatGPT when you're writing on a piece of paper. So I so think that. that's true about writing on a piece of paper in class, but I often wonder how important that particular skill is. Yeah. Like Andrew use said, paper. like Andrew said, like if, well, <laughs> I don't know. I get hand cramps when I, I write on paper. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. But I mean... Like Andrew said, if you're doing the assignment online or something and you have to fact check everything, like maybe that's just a different way to learn, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like yeah. going through and, and editing someone else's work is actually like you have, if you're fact checking stuff, you are making sure you know the information. Exactly. So yeah. Like school is like useful for like preparing you for the real world, ideally. Yeah. So I think if you're going to prepare people for the real world, what are you going to do in the real world? Are you going to sit in a room with no internet and a piece of paper and like write things down? Or are you going to use the tools available to you on the internet to make the best thing you can? You're not always going to have chat GPT on your foot. <laughs> In your pocket for you to use it whenever you want, <laughs> you just like your calculators. The entire but you will. world's yeah. knowledge base at your fingertips out in the real world. I will say, like, we're saying, like, oh, you have to fact check it, you have to fact check it. But I think that what every company is doing right now is just trying to increase the accuracy of their AI language models. Like, okay. Google intentionally yeah. has said that they don't want to release something until they have, like, an extremely high confidence interval that it's going to spit out accurate information. And yes, they are. There was that article that said they are like re-examining their risk factor for how accurate it can be. That's them going, "Oh my God, everyone loves ChatGPT, and we've had this thing for a while that people haven't used, but we show it on the stage at I/O every year. Yeah. But it hasn't had nearly the same viral impact. I yeah. wonder if we can yeah. set it free a little bit." Yeah, there was a yeah. there was an article that said they're probably going to just dump a ton of AI stuff at I/O this year. So, please, please yeah. do. But what you were saying, so the. I guess my take on uh, using these tools right now is a very in-the-now take. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. right now, ChatGPT and tools that are good with AI are better than guessing, but still worse than humans. And there's a gap. Yeah. And the better the AI gets, the smaller the gap is between humans. And it is a specific skill to go fact-check and to go research and to be able to turn that thing that they spit out into a good piece. But the closer that that gap gets and yeah. the better that AI gets and the closer it is to humans, the less important that skill is. Yeah. And that's going to be a whole nother weird frontier. That's going to be strange because you're going to have you're not going to have to have a broad knowledge as much. And we might see a, re a return to people just like chasing the things that make them interested. Right. Like. Right now, you have to do all of these like basic classes in college that don't necessarily give you the skills that you want for your career, but that you're just learning like English and all this stuff. But if if the wealth of human knowledge has already been collected into an AI and you can just use those things to do the more mundane stuff that you don't want to do. Speed run middle school. Yeah. And then you can use the AI tasks, the AI features and like also 
just the internet to get better at the things you actually want to do, we might see some sort of like creative renaissance or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can't take that's what, far out, but you can't mm-hmm. take what Dolly spits out and frame it. But you could take it as inspiration for your own work. You could frame it. But what if Dolly gets so good that you can just frame it? Actually, well, my uh, so I went, I visited my sister for Christmas and I went into one of her rooms and her husband has all this like space art on the wall. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, did you buy this on Etsy? He's like, oh, no, I put it into Dolly and then I printed it out. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And so like sick. Uh, he has like five paintings on the wall that were all made by Dolly. That's kind of dope. I like <laughs> yeah. that. That's a very specific moment in time when yeah. Dolly just spits out like kind of pseudo art and you're just like yeah that's good enough for me yeah <laughs> yeah it was all like trippy space art so. that's good enough like, for me it's abstract but it kind of looks like space and you're yeah. like yeah i like that yeah I, I do think um we're saying how like it's getting better than guessing but not quite human those it's going to incrementally work and get harder and harder to get closer and closer and like right now we're there there's a tweet going around the other day that was like technically right, but not totally right about it passing a bunch of exams, but it was actually like 50% on like the bar exam or something, which is not quite passing. And then that was only one part of it. So it's doing a bunch of these exams, like you said, B minus. Yeah, is that um, impressive? It seems like good. I, I don't know. It's said the like a medical license exam, the bar exam. Apparently none of these were really like a good passing grade. The bar um, exam is really hard though. I think. That's cool. I guess I the know. other thing I missed, though, is like... <laughs> I could pass that. <laughs> even if you have this tool at your disposal, so many of these things that we're testing it out on, like, you still need the human reaction time of things where, like, you need to just have this stuff in your repertoire anyways. So yeah, where can this go from there? It's an interesting in-between of how we're going to use this as a tool and where we'll use it and where does it reach its limits and... And that'll it's scary and cool and like i'm excited about the tools i wish i had it to cheat in college i mean work in college and like <laughs> i don't know it's real uh, co- real college students today are really having to deal with this but it's i also think that professor you're talking about he's not worried because he people will use it as a tool but the people who are just going to cheat cheat are going to copy and paste it and it's going to be painfully and obvious and you're just going to fail them exactly. like if yeah. you're going out there saying I can write this whole paper with ChatGPT and just do a couple of fact checks. You're gonna fail that paper. Yep. They're gonna know immediately. Which is why you should embrace like that skill tool. of like turning it into a good piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the, sure. The tool is to help you, not to just do it for you. Yeah, yeah for, for now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer: We do not endorse cheating. Oh no! Don't, don't cheat. Why not? Don't. Don't do it. I don't do as I say. Not as I do. Because you paid so much money to learn how to do things. Yeah. That's anyway, a good point. I wish I remembered that when I was in college. Yeah. I wish I knew that when I was in college. I would like to mourn the death of an app. <laughs> Again. Is that the Wait, death oh, march? Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. It's death. Yeah. I, it's death. I meant, the 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 funer- I meant to do the funeral march. <laughs> I already lost Dark Sky. This was so painful. But Dark Sky, we had this six month ramp where it was like apples looked us in the eye and they were like we're gonna murder your favorite weather app at the end of the year so get ready yeah and for six for five and three quarter months i continued using dark sky like nothing was gonna change and then on december 31st i had an existential crisis and i was like oh my god dark sky is gonna die what do i do (laughs) um and so i did eventually find uh one that we can talk about which is pretty solid but now i have to mourn the death of another favorite app and that is flamingo for twitter and all the rest of the Twitter apps I used over the years, Phoenix and Tweetbot and shout out to the others, um, because Twitter just nuked all third-party Twitter clients. Yeah. Which on one hand, yeah, of course they did. It makes perfect sense. If you ran a website and some people just made an alternative client that's just serving the same version of your website minus all the ads that make you money, yeah. obviously you would kill it, right? Yeah. But I've been using them for so long that I didn't realize how bad the stock Twitter app actually is, yeah. which is, it's bad. <laughs> it's just bad. It's yeah. a bad app. So now Twitter is worse for me. I respond to tweets less because my my mentions are just broken sometimes and I just don't see like hours in a row of mentions. Yeah, That sucks. So yes, RIP, uh, all of the best Twitter apps that we've used over the past years. I feel like there was like five different ways to cut into that. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I think the first thing is like, didn't Twitter use some third-party app like features and then bring them into Twitter? Like, hasn't that been a thing? I, I was reading something about how like 
it's a little different how third party apps have worked with Twitter because they've really like helped in the growth of Twitter as a whole. I'd be Am curious. Am I mistaken somewhere? I would like to see that if I anyone mean, that's knows. That's true that. for Android ROMs too. Yeah. Yeah, Android would always eventually just add like features that ROMs had. There are a lot of companies that wind up doing that. I mean, even if you're going to gaming, like Minecraft used third-party things. Uh, I guess yeah. at that point, it wasn't necessarily taking away ad revenue from it, which yeah. I think is a little weird because there's also things like YouTube Vanced, which is like taking away ads and taking away di- or like, giving you extra features. Yeah. I hate Vance because I think it's taking away from the creators. Like you're also. directly interfering with that. Um Twitter, but yeah, I, I think when I'm pretty sure Elon found out third party apps took away ads and was like, nope, later. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also have their first interest payment coming up at the oh, end of do the month. They? Yeah, at the end of the month, I think they own they owe one billion dollars, like a billion dollars every time. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Do you think they could have kept the the apps with just like a rule set in there of you need to allow ads? I think like it you was need to easier. allow our ads. I think there so few people work for Twitter now that it was just easier to just pull all the keys. I my my other assumption is like, did the API team that was like updating for these Twitter apps just get nuked? And then yep. when like an update came around, it was time to like there was something they needed to do with the API. And then just all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to do this like blah 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 thing for the API for all the third parties. And they're like, they're gone. So uh Yeah. It's like just a back end thing because stuff's just stopped working yeah. for a week and then they eventually oh, updated yeah. they updated the terms of service like a week later, which is yeah. which is really ex- ridiculous, but exactly what I would expect. Yep. That's classic Twitter. What are the rules? I don't know. We're just gonna <laughs> and we can't them. find out because they're fired. Yeah, yeah. We're just, just gonna change them and communicate them a week later. Yeah. Um I will say, like, it sucks for all the developers that have just been spending like like over 10 years developing these mm-hmm. apps. And then you just wake up one day and you're just like, everything you've worked on for the last decade is uh, just doesn't work anymore. Like, that's yeah. insane. Like, I, yeah. I didn't think about that that much until the other day. And I was like, all of those people and it's their entire livelihood is just like screwed. That's like if YouTube just decided overnight. to stop allowing people to upload videos. Yeah. Or stop like paying ad, re- ad yeah, revenue yeah. on anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Or even if, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of examples of crazy stuff. I just <laughs> like, it was... Yeah, my the Twitter experience for me is just like, oh, I follow people, and then when I open the app, I just get a list of the things that are posted by the people that I follow. Super simple. Chronologically, great. And then you go to the uh, the Twitter app, and there's like a For You page, oh God, and you, there's right. immediately an ad at the top, and then there's a tweet from someone you don't follow, and then there's a tweet that's liked by someone you follow, but I didn't sign up to see that. Yeah. And there's just this whole mix of things, and it's like, I yeah. vastly prefer the Twitter experience in the third-party apps. Wait, wait, what were you using before this happened? I was just using the Twitter app. So was I. And like I this, that. I can't believe I was a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used De- to not be as bad. I believe that. It, yeah, well, yes, yeah, it wasn't as bad. It used to be pretty decent. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a true thing I keep hearing, which is on my timeline, people would always be saying, is Twitter getting worse? And I'd be like, nope, it's fine. Everything's yep. fine. My app is working perfectly. But meanwhile, the stock Twitter app that everyone's using has been getting worse. And yeah. so now that I just that's, jumped over to it, I just jumped into like a flaming room. Yeah. That's, we eased into the pain. Yeah. Marquez yeah. got <laughs> oh, yeah. booted out the door, when the that, elevator with no floor at the outside. When yet. the API keys got dropped, I, I just got kicked out of the nice quiet <laughs> room into like the screaming, everything's on fire room. Yeah. It was crazy how quick one of the app developers that made a super popular third-party Twitter app, like the next day after he got booted off, he released a Mastodon mm-hmm. app. Is I think a few are. No, it's not, I don't. Tapbots. Uh, it's the oh, tweet, I think it's Tweetbots. Yeah, it's Tweetbots. Oh, yeah, Tapbots okay. did that as well. Yeah, okay, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but I think that this kind of signals back to like an earlier time of the internet when like Reddit, for example, also has a bazillion third-party apps, that's right? That's true. Mm-hmm. And I think that websites early on didn't really expect for the app ecosystem to get to get so insane. It took Reddit a very long time to make an official app. Mm-hmm. They um, on iOS, there was the only popular Reddit app was called Alien Blue, and they just bought Alien Blue and turned it to the official yep. Reddit app. And the Android one was yeah, Reddit is fun, which I still use today. Which I feel like feels weird that I'm not just using Reddit, but yeah. I've been using it for so long that yeah. I. A long time ago, I used Bacon Reader, which felt like an RSS. I was just going to say Bacon that. Reader, Shout out yeah. Bacon Reader. And then I used uh, on on iOS right now. I use Apollo. Or is it Apollo? Yeah, I think it's Apollo. And then on Android, the really really relay for Reddit is like the best That's one. The one yep. I um, yeah. But I think that yeah, in the early internet, like when all of these Web 2.0 websites like weren't thinking about oh we need to make an app first experience, it 
made sense for them to allow third parties to make apps because it was just free work for them. Like it was allowing other people to drive them traffic Mm. and they didn't really care. It's like, oh, other people are signing up for our service, using our service, being on our service. I think that's the key is you need to, through that third party app, allow people to interface with all the best parts, especially the parts that make you money. So like people need to be able to sign up through it. People need to be able to, if there's a subscription, they need to be able to do that. If there's Reddit gold, they should be able to buy it in the third party app and Reddit gets all the money. They don't allow, I don't think. So that's interesting. Yeah. But that's, that's, I think, why in those early days when the only real goals were like more traffic, where it's like, oh, this is kind of a green light because it's benefiting our one goal, so we'll yeah. allow it. And now they have more goals, it's a little more complicated. Yeah. So Twitter has a very clear goal right now, which is cut costs and make more money. Yeah. And now that that's happening with ads, and there's an active third-party ecosystem that does not help with that, Yeah. bring them all over here. So now we're all over on the stock Twitter app. I mean, I think even if you want to go back a step to you were saying how like you don't really read your mentions anymore do you think part of that is because now people can pay to be verified and now your verified tab is like no i was i i go through every single mention in order from everyone so when i post a new video and i tweet the new video Mm -hmm. literally like for the next hour i read every single reply on twitter from anyone verified or not now, if I want to go to the mentions tab, sometimes it's just broken and doesn't show anything newer than six hours ago. So I just can't do that activity anymore. Maybe if I look at activity under the tweet, mm. but some people will tweet about the video and tag me and that won't show up there. I won't see it. So there's just like, it's just a worse experience for me, someone who used a lot of Twitter, just in chronological order scrolling. Yeah, so. I I think the verified stuff is, I still hate it. There was like, there's points where it felt like we're communicating with the other friends we have in like this tech YouTube space. And like, not to say I, if I'm going to just reply to something that I tweeted, I'll just look in that tweet. If I'm trying to see if like other people in our space are tweeting about things like with me, I can't see it anymore because yeah. I have dozens and dozens of tweets from like verified people that I'm like, have I met, did I meet them somewhere? Like, well, it's, just it's like, no, account. it's just someone random. It, yeah. It's, it's not, I don't know. It's still a weird yeah. weird situation at that point i think twitter overall has definitely gotten worse yeah. i don't know any if anyone can believe differently uh i'd be very surprised yeah maybe here's a positive note for this whole story i did yeah. find a weather app oh, okay cool uh, <laughs> um, and that is uh, yeah this Yay. is huge it's huge for me i mean dark sky was my whole life i was uh, i was a weather committee on our frisbee team uh so oh so carrot carrot weather app it, it basically uh and they tweeted at me a bunch of times after i was like mourning the loss, loss of desk dark sky they have a like a dark sky lookalike layout that's oh. like hidden in the settings and you can like enable it and it looks basically just like dark sky and so that to me was close enough like it's not exactly the same radar features aren't exactly the same but it was close enough and then it has a bunch of other cool features it's got a bit of a personality i i open it up and it let me oh i don't have my phone on i like but it like, has it just reads the weather in a snarky way it's cool I, th- I think it's funny i don't even use it and i follow dark or carrot and the uh the creator on twitter because i just think they're funny yeah they're funny yeah it's good so you know if you were looking for that replacement i think this is it like the stock weather app on the iphone theoretically uses a lot of the same data and features i think it uses dark sky data um but it's not the same layout it's not the same set of features yeah. in the same way dark sky was such a well laid out app to me so if you want to check out carrot it's got this like timeline view i think is what it's called and uh only ios right now has the newest update that has that apparently the android update is in the works but i don't think we're seeing that till end of this year oh. So, so I'm using weather on iPhone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also realizing how different you and I are in a lot of ways. Okay. So like, do you know how you, you use a million different like, uh, tracking apps for like to-do list? And Andrew, I use tell me the you alarm. use your alarm clock for Not weather for weather, app. but do you want to know how I check the weather? <laughs> you look outside. What do you do? <laughs> you definitely don't do that. <laughs> no. Do. Nobody does I that. I type... <laughs> In the like Google Now bar on the bottom, I just type like weather carney and then just like the top yeah. Google search has a top thing where you can still slide a slider yes. and see stuff. That's what I just use for so weather. That's, that's mostly fine. It's temperature, it's <clears throat> cloudy or not, it's yeah. rainy or not. Like that's the basic info. But when I'm trying Saturday. to figure out like 
humidity. At what time is it going to start raining? I have a HomePod for that now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Actually, debatable because <laughs> it's inside. But You're like, what, smoking hot, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> what time? How much snow are we going to get? I know it's going to start snowing, but how much snow are we going to get? Mm. Right? Or I can see this storm on the radar, and I can see, oh, it's actually currently raining where my sister is, and that exact piece of rain is going to come up to where I am, like that sort of stuff. Which maybe I'm just a weather nerd and I care, but like, I don't know. You I do follow that. a weather YouTuber, so. Dude, Ryan Hall, I, I I know his channel just blew up with a lot of the crazy weather we've been getting, but I don't watch weather on TV anymore. I watch Ryan Hall's videos, and he's a great he's fantastic. weatherman. He's a meteorologist on YouTube. It's great. Wow. Shout out to Ryan Hall. Link <laughs> down below. What weather up do you use? Um, I do the same as you. Oh, yes. I will this say... This table is dividing very hard <laughs> recently. I, this is chaos. Psychos. And, yeah. <laughs> I do sometimes look at the default weather app. Uh, I will say I had a really weird experience yesterday. Please laugh at me. Um, <laughs> so I have some normie friends, okay? Mm-hmm. I have some normie friends. This is new for me. The worst. I made a bunch of normie friends in the last year. Some of them um, like to look at their horoscope. Oh. They understand that it is stupid, mm-hmm. um, and that it's you know random. We, we stand zodiac signs. Here. <laughs> we? <laughs> I don't want to get ripped apart on this. <laughs> they they made me download this app called um, what is it called? It's a like it's a, a zodiac sign. It's thing? a horoscope app. Our heart, yeah. Uh, it's really popular. CoStar, I think. It's I called. downloaded that too. I believe they're extremely popular. Yeah, it's yep. it's it's just fun. Yeah. Like it's dumb and fun and it like it'll it's sort sort of like a social media app cuz it'll show you like what you're aligned on with other people on what day and it's super dumb. But yesterday morning, mm-hmm. uh I woke up and it looked like I assumed it was going to be cloudy outside and just rainy and cold because my cuz my apartment doesn't get very much light. I opened up this like Zodiac app and it says at the top it says it is going to be sunny in your area today. And I was like, what? And so then I opened the weather app and it was like mostly sunny. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> my so, horoscope is accurate. <laughs> I knew so it. Tell you, I got my weather through. So my you use your horoscope there you go. app. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, go- my Google weather looks pretty good now, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. Oh my it's God. it's like the really. Tier list, the tier list of weather apps my is horoscope like carrot, app. overdrop. <laughs> Stock weather app, Googling the weather. CoStar. Horoscope app. <laughs> no, no, looking outside. <laughs> looking and then horoscope app. And then CoStar. I don't think we've ever needed an ad break. Oh, man. More than this time so, right look, now. If you ever want to know the exact rate of precipitation, I got you. <laughs> okay. I got you. It's just like fun sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Trivia. <laughs> Trivia it's always time. The, it's always the right. transition. People are like, I'm not into it. It's just fun. And then they're, later they're like, oh, this is so me. <laughs> I am a Sagittarius. <laughs> that is such a Pisces thing to do. Oh, God. That's so Scorpio. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, direct the hate comments at these yeah, two. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I shouldn't be me. so controversial Hannah right now. Worms. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, when was Tweetbot initially released? That's the question. Think Whoa. about it. Okay. Let's do ad break, come back, and then do answers. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key 
allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. All right, we're back. We do have one more thing. I almost <laughs> forgot there's a ridiculous thing that we need to point out. I don't yes. know. Is this a real product? It's the most important part of this It episode. got announced oh, during God. the Game Awards last night. So it is a real product. Yeah. Or a, about to be a real product. Yeah. It's okay. a it's a gaming microphone that's also a muzzle. <laughs> So picture this, picture this, you've got a significant other, they're what? trying to wind it down, they're trying to go to bed, but you've got some games to win. <laughs> so you go to the other room, you start playing, and you get on with the boys, or whoever you play with, and you're starting, you're getting really intense, you get a little loud sometimes, you, you clap, you're like yelling, you got the kill, you won the race, whatever you're doing. Clutch the And round, in the other yeah. room, they're like, can you keep it down? I'm trying to sleep. But you're trying to get your wins, right? You're yeah. trying to win. So what's the solution? You close the door? No, 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 no. Do you do you just talk less? No. You're trying to have a good time. <laughs> so what you do is you get the muzzle. <laughs> you strap it around. You put it. The Mutal. No matter how I say this, you strap it around your, you put it on your face. You strap <laughs> yeah. it around the back of your head. And you are now fully able to yell as loud as you want, Look. just like it's in the game. Look. But the muzzle prevents others from hearing. Sound from escaping. Who exactly. among us? Like I, I have, I have been in this scenario multiple times when I, like, when I oh, yeah. was like home for college break or something, and I wanted to play Dota at two a.m. And my mom like was in the room right next to me, and she would be like, "David, you have to stop talking." And I'm like, "But I want to play Dota." <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it looks ridiculous. Like, it looks completely ridiculous. But there is some function. There. I actually, I like, yeah. I was in an apartment. And my computer was on the wall where that was the bedroom. So Claire would be sleeping and I'd be like playing PUBG or something. And I just see my phone light up with Claire texting me and be like, I'm being too loud. And then like look at it and be like, so this is something you would get. I'd rather be quiet. (laughs) Okay. It looks like if you put a. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. I'd rather just not say anything. It looks like if you put an Oculus Quest over your mouth. There actually was, though, something very similar to this. A few years ago on Kickstarter Can't called stop watching this video. The Hush Me, I believe. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, and it was pretty much a, it was headphone. Like, do you remember the old wireless, like Bluetooth headphones where you had something like hanging around your neck? Yeah. So imagine that yeah. with earbuds and then a piece that goes over your mouth so that it was so you could take phone calls and people couldn't hear or see what you were saying yeah. in public. Wow. And then it sounded like a closed off room. Wow. Um, Oh, it looks so bad. Wow. It looks um, so bad. I would rather obviously, the, the fact that you've never heard of it means it didn't do very well. I think yeah. I saw one person review it once, and they were doing it, and you could still hear everything they were doing. <laughs> um, so it a, didn't even work that well. That is the cherry on top. Is like You go through all this work to like spend the money, buy the thing, you put it on, you look ridiculous, everyone starts turning and looking at you, and they can still hear everything you're saying. That's brutal. These are t- There's a tech Rather, reviewer on here? Yeah. Go back? Yeah, yeah. Tech reviewer, tech reviewer on YouTube. <clears throat> Hush Me Classic is an original and quality product, ideal for gamers. Sounds like oh, is in like a sweet tea wrote that. That's what I, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sounds yeah, like a real so, statement. So this, uh, I don't even know if there's a price or a release date for this uh, muzzle, but that's what it is. <laughs> it's a gaming muzzle. Jeez. <laughs> uh, this yeah. does not look comfortable either because that's a strap around the back of your neck and the top of your head. Oh my God. And wearing that for long amounts of times. I said this in Slack yesterday, but I really want to use like this plus the like triple monitor MacBook adapter and just bring all of this stuff into my cafe and just work and just all day happens. with all of this stuff and just see what happens. Do you know what's just set up a 360 camera and just like capture people's reactions? The funny thing about this is it's not even like that high tech. It shows a not at all a separated view. It's literally just a like piece of foam 
that has a microphone in it mm-hmm. shoved in a box that you put over your face. Yep. yep. So it's just foam that's absorbing your, it's not even like active noise canceling or like doing anything intense. And it's $200. It is. It's a microphone inside a box filled with foam. Is there enough ventilation? Like I would get concerned you about. pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I would get really concerned about your just nose like. Is open. Oh like, yeah. You, okay, you have to, you have like, to, it encourages nose breathing. I feel like that's the, the real of, benefit. Yeah. The amount of crap that my allergies would never your, let me do this. Your, your mouth. Uh, well, that's that's what it's saying is that you can wash the foam later, I guess. But uh, oh this is literally God. all it is. Wow. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we had to talk about it. Um, I'm gonna use that on the subway. Mute talk if For you sure. like. Send us one. We'll definitely try it out. I will oh definitely God. try it out. We will definitely try it. Why would um, you open that door? Oh, the I door is the wide door. open. Yeah, the door has been open. What's, anyway. what's more open than an open door? A closed mouth. A, a door not even being there. Trivia answers. Trivia time. Is a door still a door if there's not a door on it? Because Trivia. it's still like a walkway that you can go through. I think How it's an entryway at that point. One. Or two. <laughs> oh. Marquez has three points. Yes. Andrew has three points. Darn. David in the lead with four points. Unbelievable. Also, quick correction from a previous episode. So I had, as one of the trivia questions, what was Teenage Engineering's first product? You guys all said OP1, which I thought was the OP1, so I marked it correct. Uh, A lot of people on the internet thought it was the OP1 too, but Anton from Teenage Engineering actually reached out and said that while the OP1 was like one of their first major products, it wasn't actually their first product. Mm. Their first product was a modular desk lamp and they sent me their old Tumblr page as proof. And it looks Incredible. I love that. awesome. It's so cool. The fact that it's on Tumblr That's is you, amazing. Yeah. They were probably slide. hoping when this was on trivia that you would have gone to their old Tumblr page. And that's how you know it's a good trivia answer. I know. I, yeah. I sh- I sh- uh, next time wow. I'm going to ch- start checking the Tumblr pages. I think it's yeah. crazy that no no one else said like that was wrong. That somebody from the company had yeah. to pull up a Tumblr page <laughs> to tell you that amazing. it was actually this. So I'm going to post this screenshot on the video. So if anyone wants to see, go Do check we- it out keep our points it was all the same so it doesn't matter yeah you all said the same thing so we could remove the points and it would ex- be exactly the same lead or we could just keep them we'll i say keep them. i say we keep them yeah why not okay. yeah um okay anyway so on average how long does it take for the average apple tree to get to the center of the tootsie pop to produce apples oh yeah close <clears> hmm <throat> Hmm. Okay, wait, I have a question. Yes. Um, is that when the apple tree has already grown? No, no, it's a, from a seed when you oh. plant it in the ground. From Jeez. seed to tree. Oh, good God. Pr- what did from you guys seed think to tree start? to producing another apple. Yes. Like, oh, you know, if it drops an apple answer. and then it has to make a new apple. That yeah. was my oh. thought. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a very different answer. An apple tree. We might have to go closest one wins because ah, yeah. I have no idea. There's a range, so I'll accept any number oh, within range? that range. Oh, yeah, perfect. Well, it's on average, so okay. average. All right. Wouldn't average not have a range? Well, <laughs> that's an average. What is that's an, fair. a range? <laughs> Give me the middle standard deviation. The median. All right. The mode. Wait, Wait, I already saw Marquez's answer. Just flip it. Flip it. Flip it. Read them out. <laughs> yeah, what? what are you guys? Six to nine I, weeks. I said six to nine. Fifteen years. Weeks. <laughs> wait, wait. Very different answers. One here. at a time. Read them out, please. Okay. Okay. I said six to nine weeks. From a seed? From a seed? I bet that has like. <laughs> I bet. I told in, you I have no idea. In nine weeks, I bet you an apple tree is like a piece of grass. Barely. All right, Andrew, what did you say? I said 15 years. I said three years. Wow. The answer is eight years. Eight years? So technically, David was David's the closest. closest yeah. Let's go. So David gets the points. Oh, yeah. Did I say weeks? Oh, I meant apple. to write years. I bet I saw you. Two, nine years. Wait, did you really you mean to say that? Or? No, you can't have a yeah. ring. Uh, wait, well, hold on. <laughs> this is what an apple tree looks I'm gonna like. I'm going to say zero to 100 years. Do I still get it right? weeks. <laughs> what is it? Wait, it looks like a little it's baby like a plant little... in the ground. Yeah, like I could put it in it looks my like window. One still. little leaf that has come out of the ground. <laughs> Look, I don't plant very many trees. <laughs> we can tell. How long does it take for a human person to create a baby from a? Well, seed? I know that. Next question. <laughs> okay. When was Tweetbot initially released? Like what year? Yes, I will accept year. I will accept date if you can get it. Uh, two points if you get the date. But I'll probably just take whoever's closest.
take your time. Are we ready? How yeah. are we feeling? Yeah. Confident? Not confident? Um, are we just guessing completely? I have like a... <laughs> Andrew's like, yep. General idea. Well, I, I guessed on I'm and then I thought of something and it confirms my guess. If I, Whether I'm right about what I thought about is another question. All right. Well, read them out. Educated guess here. I said June 2011. Oh, you did. You all, all did right. months. It is 2011. It is 2011. Oh wow! I did October 2010. I did 2012. Dang, I was two months off. It was <laughs> April 14th, 2011. Oh wow! So Marquez got That's pretty it. close. Yeah, I thought yeah. the guy said after 10 years. More than 10 years. He said more than 10 yeah. years. That's where I was wrong. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, it was just. I remember Tweetbot. It came to iPhone first, before of all course, the other yeah. platforms. Did you check their Tumblr? <laughs> I feel good about that. I Wait, so, it's, uh, so I got a point. So that's I'm yeah. tied with David, I guess. No. <clears throat> yes. No. Because I got the last yeah. point. You got the Apple yeah. one. It's Marquez four, Andrew three, David five. All right. Noted. Do we want a bonus question? No. I would like it if it's tech related. Yes. <laughs> it is tech. Let's related. do a bonus question. Sure. Oh, bonus right question. Oh my right. gosh. Yes. Because Ellis isn't here, I'm I'll use his siphon. question. Perfect. My lead. So, oh, not an Ellis question. Bonus question. Oh god. It's an it's an Ellis question. Oh no. This is worth two points. Oh wow. Just because. Okay. The word pixel is a mashup of two other words. What are they? I don't want the bonus question. It is. Um, <laughs> pixel. Pixel. They're writing, writing on their boards, looking very confused. David looks actually confident. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Andrew is putting down the marker. Marquez is erasing. <laughs> All right. Flip them, boys. Wow. That was so nice when you said all right with the music. Oh, but... yeah. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Read them out. Uh, wow. I said picture element what? that is correct what? <laughs> what andrew what did you say pixel uh, <laughs> david <laughs> picture oh i'm just too embarrassed now wow i said picture voxel so close but no picture elements wow. marquez so. with two points holy smokes i guess that makes a lot of sense oh the x is from an element pic, of a picture like yeah I, so i wrote like uh, i wrote pics on the top and Oh, on the bottom, and I just guessed for each. Wow. And that worked. Huh. An acronym that actually, well, it's not an acronym. Wow. An okay. amalgamation <clears throat> that actually makes sense. I'm going to have to fact check this one, but for now. I'll take it. <laughs> Please fact Marquez check. has six points. Carve the Andrew points. has three. David has five. Wow. Carve the points wow. into stone. That's Crazy. That's a great way to end <laughs> this episode. Wait, uh, what does WX1000 <clears throat> Mark 5 stand for? <laughs> WX or H? X. So X is the buds. No, what, F is the bud, buds. X are the headphones. X isn't a thing. W X are F the headphones, aren't they? No, H. W H one thousand X M threes are the headphones. Oh, the X one thousand X M threes. Yes. Are the H is headphones. Earbuds. X is earbuds. F is earbuds. So it stands for one thousand. I don't know what. Why that does F is. stand for earbuds? <laughs> Why does F stand for earbuds in Sony Land? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say frequency. Phone. Like an earphone, maybe? I don't oh, know. you don't know the answer to this? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> that's that's where we end it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Stay tuned because it's about to be busy again. Sort of a pseudo techuary, if you will. <clears throat> See you then. Waveform was produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We are partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Silk.